0: About 10 years ago, I was in St. Simons, uh, Georgia. I'd gone down there to speak uh, at a, a retreat. And I met this girl named Kristen Smith. And I came back here and I told Martin Eiswander, I said, uh, I met a girl this weekend. If we ever get a chance to hire her, we need to do it. And uh, a year later, Mark went to the same retreat. And he was the speaker. And he came back and he said, I met this girl. At this retreat, and if we ever get a chance to hire her, we should do it. And I, I said, Well, what was her name? He said, Kristen. And I said, It's the same girl. I told you last year we need to hire her. And he said, Well, then we need to hire her. And so, Kristen Smith, then McClendon now, uh, we hired. Uh, she's going to be preaching today, so I'm going um. <laughs> to. Uh, Kristen why don't you come on up here and let me pray for you while I continue to brag i uh I, I I stand by Kristen when I want to feel tall and 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 her husband stands by me when he wants to feel tall oh, so anyway uh, Kristen's been uh, our youth pastor for ten years ten years
1: yep. Ten years since past
0: august so uh, she has blessed us. She has a heart for the Lord, uh, a passion for Jesus uh, like no other. And we, uh, we are blessed to have her lead our kids, our, our young folks. And uh, you get to hear from her today. And uh, I, I believe that uh, after today, probably what I will have to do is apologize to you for not bringing her up uh, earlier. Uh, she's, she's a power, powerful woman. She... Uh, completed her MDiv from Asbury about, what, two years ago? year and
1: a half, yeah.
0: year and a half ago, and uh, she is uh, just a powerful woman of God. I believe that you will be blessed today by her. I'm going to pray, and then you can go for it. Thank you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for, for Kristen. Thank you for the calling that you've placed on her life. I thank you for uh, the way she chases after you, and I, I thank you for the many, many, many young folks who have, followed her in that pursuit, and have been changed forever because of it. I pray your blessings on her today as she stands to bring your word. I pray that she would feel the endorsement of heaven today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. I do believe that that's probably one of my greatest gifts in life, is to make other people feel tall. And I'm okay with that. Um, It is an honor to be here this morning. And thank you, Tom, for the opportunity. And it's an honor to be here with you. I love Riverstone. I'm thankful that the Lord has allowed us to make this place our family. Y'all are our family, and we're so grateful. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come together um, as a family and study your word together. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We ask that you would release things in our hearts this morning. We ask that you would do a new thing. And God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Thanksgiving's gone, right? We all ate the turkey. Um, Christmas has already come and gone, as Brad asked earlier, who had taken their decorations down. I have not, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, And now it is the new year. It is December 30th, and 2019 is here. Ready or not, here we go. So I love the new year. I love what it brings. I love the anticipation The excitement, everything that a new year has to offer, I love it. Thankfully, as a student pastor, I get two new years a year. I believe that's the grace of God in my life. I'm working with students who tend to operate on an academic calendar. And so my big new year is in August. We dream and we believe and we go after the things that the Lord has placed before us. And I think it's the grace of God that I get a second new year. In December slash January to kind of reevaluate where I am where I am with him the dreams that we're going after and I'm so thankful for that grace of Jesus on my life um, with having two New Year's. This is helpful because I'm a big believer of dreams and a big believer of running after the big goals and dreams that Jesus has put in my heart because I believe Jesus desires this for us. I believe this is foundational To walking in the fullness that Jesus has for us Is to dream with him and believe big things with him I believe Jesus created us to dream Psalm 37 4 states Delight yourself in the Lord And he will give you the desires of your heart So to break this verse down Delighting ourselves in the Lord Means we find our fulfillment in him We passionately pursue him And we fellowship with his Holy Spirit. When we truly enjoy him and dive in deep with him, his desires become our desires, his goals become our goals, and our dreams become his dreams for our lives. So now the January New Year is upon us. Happy 2019, right? So for me, the January New Year is more introspective and more personal to looking at who God created me to be. My identity is not being a student pastor. My identity is being the beloved. My identity is not wrapped up in the things that I can do for God. My identity is knowing that I am a child of God. So with January, my mind and my heart are naturally shifted to con- to commune with him and go after the big things that I know he has called me to do. So to share just for a moment with you a little bit about me, for those of y'all that don't know me, um, I would say that I didn't grow up in the church. My family, we attended Christmas church on Christmas and sometimes Easter, and I up until that point, thought that was what made you a Christian. If you had asked me if I was a Christian, I would have told you yes, because I went to church on Christmas, right? So, but that did not make you a Christian. And that is what I learned later. I attended the University of Georgia, and one summer I was home on break when a good friend of mine named Katie passed away. She was 20 years old, and her heart just simply stopped for no reason. We don't know. Okay, but... When I was sitting at her funeral as an honorary pallbearer, I was reflecting over her life and thought, what was it that was different about her? Every encounter I had with her, no matter the circumstances, she was overflowing with joy. Every time I saw her, up until the very, I saw her the Easter, I went to church on Easter, and I saw her there, and then she passed away that summer. And She was full of joy. When I returned to school that fall, I was determined to figure out what that joy was in her life. And what I knew that was different about her life and mine is that she went to church, like every Sunday, not once a year. And so I was determined to figure out what that was that she had. And so I looked up the Methodist Student Center on the campus of UGA, because any background that I had had up until this point was the Methodist Church. And so I showed up at the Wesley Foundation. And for the very first time in my life, I heard that Jesus desired a personal relationship with me. First time I'd ever heard that. And I was ruined. (laughs) I was changed. So it was there at the Wesley Foundation that I radically encountered Jesus. And at the age of 21, I gave him all that I had. From that moment on, my life has never been the same. I will give every day, every moment, every breath to passionately pursuing him. So my life story can be summed up in Luke 7:47. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. And I have been forgiven for so much that I love him with all that I have. For I have been forgiven much and I love much. And I found that true joy that my friend Katie had. And when you encounter Jesus, everything changes. We sang that this morning. Jesus, you change everything. And when you encounter him, everything is new. The plans you thought you had figured out for your life become so much bigger and with so much more purpose than there was before. But this does not mean that you do not do hard things. Within my first two years of being a believer, Jesus called me to be a youth pastor. With this calling came huge act of surrender the world tells you that you must meet the man in which you're going to marry by the time you finish college that's a lie just let you know that okay. but i had done just that i was engaged we had a wedding planned the invitations printed the dress bought but in my first year of ministry jesus called us to surrender that relationship. With that surrender came deep pain because I planned my life with this man. But in an act of obedience and in surrender, I not only surrendered that relationship, with it I thought I was surrendering ever being a wife or ever being a mom. But Jesus is so much bigger than what we think our life should look like. Jesus sees the big picture when we have tunnel vision. As our hearts line up with him, Jesus takes those desires of our heart and he amplifies them. In that very act of surrender, I spent the next four years on my face with Jesus. Jesus and I had very raw, tender moments. They were hard and they were good. They were painful. But they were beautiful. I am who I am today because of those years on the floor with Jesus. Of course, now I can see God's plan for me did include being a wife, and it did include being a mother. But his plans are so much better than I could have ever planned on my own. During those years, I discovered a new dimension of God's heart for me. Jesus became my bridegroom, my husband, my everything. He was literally all I had. I discovered that the love and the affection of God are better than anything this world has to offer. Some think that the will of God is hard. It is always hard, but that's not true. Romans 12, 2 states, the will of God is good, satisfying, and perfect. The will of God is good, satisfying, and perfect. So we find tremendous pleasure and fulfillment and joy in the will of God. When we begin to understand and comprehend how majestic and good he is, we are not offended We don't understand his ways. So here we are, January, the new year. Those goals, those dreams that you have in your heart, you those dreams you know you were made for. But they haven't come to fruition yet. And you have that nagging voice of it's January again. Those dreams are still in you, and they haven't come to fruition. So I want to focus on that for our time together this morning, and we have three points that we'll go through. So number one, surrender our plan. This feels obvious. We know as Christians we're to surrender, but it's not just the act of surrender. It's what we do in that surrender. God is not a God of formulas. We may think that we have it all figured out, and we have the timeline, but the truth is we want the formula instead of the challenge of wrestling with the Holy Spirit. A formula will not change the world. A people willing to surrender and hang out with Jesus, those are the ones that will change the world A people is needed that is willing to hang out with the living and breathing God and encounter His Holy Spirit. If we want to know what to do in life, we must be with Him. We must spend time with Him. When we are in His presence, we will hear Him. God develops our destiny and our purpose when we spend time with Him. Jesus desires a people that are willing to spend time with him no matter what. He longs for people that will be still long enough to speak to him, but really sit still long enough to hear him speak back. The enemy has weakened our knowledge of who God is. When we do not want to stop and be still, it is because we do not have a true revelation of who he is the enemy has diluted our passion for him you want to hang out with your spouse or your best friend because you know them and you love them when we rediscover who he is we will give ourselves to him in unparalleled affection and obedience so to mature in your walk with the lord you must have a secret life with God that is hidden from others. What this looks like is different from everyone. He's uniquely made me and he's uniquely made you. But it may include that secret place that you have just for the two of you. Being still with him, reading his word. Because we are called to be men and women filled with holy passion and extravagant love. For Jesus. Song of Solomon 1-2 states, May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for his love is better than wine. This scripture speaks of a believer's cry for deeper intimacy with God. We must come to a point in our relationship with him that's surrendering our plan, surrendering our will, and getting to a place of wanting to go deeper with him No matter the cost. To have the cry of Solomon. Your love is better than wine. And mean every ounce of it. Your love is better than the world. Or the earthly things that are offered. Solomon continues in verse 4. Draw me after you. And let us run together. The order of this verse is incredibly important. First We are drawn into intimacy with Jesus, and then we run. Then we run. It is easy to say, let us run together, Lord. But what he really wants is for you to have intimacy with him and to be still with him. He desires the drawing in to him. So number one, surrender. Number two, cling To the promise. We are all called. Not just those that may do it as a profession. But we are all called. God made you on purpose. With a calling. And a destiny. As you delight yourself in the Lord. Your desires become his desires. And in the delighting we conform to his image. I heard a quote recently. If it doesn't challenge you. It won't change you. Looking at my life, I can absolutely say that I have been changed in the hard and the challenging places with the Lord. And I am incredibly grateful for them. If we look at the life of Abraham, he knew the promise the Lord had made him. Even when the world's timing was not there. God's timing is everything. Abraham not letting go of the promise is everything. We read about this promise fulfilled in Galatians 3.15, written by Paul. Brothers, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed The scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. The law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law... Then it no longer depends on a promise. But God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. So number two, cling to the promise. Number three, give praise. Even in the most trying and difficult times, our lips should overflow with praise in adoration for our beloved. So let's look at Psalm 42 together. Starting at verse 1. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with my God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. My Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why? Have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The psalmist here is questioning the reason for his despair. And then he instructs himself to hope in God. The expression, yet I will still praise him, is massive and significant. It signifies an inner determination and a forward-facing outlook. Here we learn to persistently, continually, and repeatedly Praise the Lord. This allows us, as it did the psalmist, to focus on God, his Savior, the one who will bring victory. To have hope in God is to wait expectantly for him. Praising God in the hard times does not dismiss how you are feeling or minimize the longing. Instead, it redirects our focus on who God is. He never changes. He has promised to never leave or abandon his children. So we can count on his presence even when our emotions cannot confirm it. Psalm 3418 tells us that he is near to the brokenhearted. And it is possible to praise the Lord in hardship. In one sense, it's a choice and not a feeling. Even when everything feels stuck and it feels hard, we can still wait on our Jesus with fierce expectation because he is faithful and he is true. Ultimately, it is the Lord who heals the distressed soul. The Holy Spirit causes our heart to overflow with hope. He turns the light on when there was once only darkness. There is power in the Spirit. Knowing he will meet us when we are most broken is the beautiful reality of living the abundant life. True joy and peace do not originate with us, but they come to us as the gifts and the fruit of God's grace, this is our hope. May we always pour out our hurting hearts to him in prayer and reaffirm, reaffirm Psalm 34. I'm still going to praise him. I have hope. He is faithful to help and he is my God. Whether I understand everything or not with an answer or without one, I will bless the Lord At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So number three, give praise. So in closing, the best thing you could ever do is what God has called you to do. So many people waste their purpose, their destiny, their life, and their calling because they are, a, they are jealous of a part that someone else has. They see others running after dreams and accomplishing big goals. But when we, think, when we focus in on other people, we miss the part that God has for us. Because we are too distracted by someone else's part. So God writes the plans for your life. He writes your part. And he writes his timing. So as we pursue him, we will want to do what he wants to do. Our dreams will become bigger and we will run the race with endurance with him every step of the way. And we will fiercely look at 2019 with hope and with praise. Y'all pray with me. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for the dreams and the goals that you you have put in our hearts. And so, God, we just come before you and ask that you would come and have your way. We surrender them to you. Take us into deeper places with you, God. God, we look expectantly at 2019 and say, here we are, God. May I sit with you, may I fall deeper in love with you, and let us run together. Jesus, we drink deep of you, and we love you, in Jesus' name, amen. safe crowd (laughs) and that you love me you love my family and you love me very well so I'm going to invite our ministry teams to come up and I just want to encourage you to come this morning if there's a dream that maybe has gone dormant or maybe you just you feel like God has forgotten about you forgotten that dream I just encourage you to come and receive prayer this morning and have someone publicly affirm Those things that are deep in your heart. Or maybe you came this morning and you just knew you needed to receive prayer. We invite you to come. So Jesus, we love you and we invite you to do what you want to do here this morning. Release dreams. Release visions. Speak new things in our heart, God. And just come and have your way.